Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Welcome once again to Simply Financial. I'm Walter Zorholt alongside Kevin Ray, financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area with offices in the Pinconning location where you can come by, say hello, have a good chat about good places to eat around the area, and uh, yeah, I guess work on some financial and retirement stuff while you're there as well. You can find us online at insightfolios.com. Click the listen button, ask questions, listen to past episodes, all sorts of good stuff for you there. We have a little bit of a special edition of the show today as, Kevin, you're on the road, my friend, down in uh, North Carolina once again. You're only a few hours from, from me now. We should have tried to meet up somewhere in between. You know, we never thought about that. I'm down at Paul's office again when we come down here in North Carolina, enjoying the beautiful weather, visiting with Paul. So I said, Paul, you need to get on to this uh, radio show with us, and let's have a little fun today. Always happy to do it. We've dragged him in. Uh, Longtime listeners to the show will recognize Paul, uh, basically running out of the North Carolina office of Insight Folios. And, uh, you know, it's awesome when we can get Paul in the studio with us. used to join us for a lot of the shows. Um, but then Kevin was just like, no, my ego's too big. I got to kick Paul out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's that's the it truth was, right there. starting to take over. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Once Kevin got his golden microphone, he was like, I need to be the star <laughs> yeah. of the show now. You're done, Durso. You're done. <laughs> you got to quit telling all the secrets, Walter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a reputation yeah. to handle now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I uh, hope you are enjoying your trip down to NC. And I know uh, you'll be back in Michigan soon for the holidays and all that good stuff. But before... Before we get into the holidays, still some things to address when it comes to our finances this weekend. Um, as we're nearing the end of the year, Kevin, Paul's going to help us out with some good financial information as we work our way through this as well. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about market volatility, how we all react to that, some lessons that can be learned there. Oh, as we always do, though, a little bit of fun stuff to start the show with. Uh, in the news recently, San Francisco just passed an ordinance suspending the city's cannabis tax in order to help marijuana dispensaries better compete with drug dealers, who, of course, aren't paying any taxes. If they can figure this out, why can't they figure out that taxes should be lower on pretty much everything else? <laughs> now, that makes perfect sense to me. How about you, Paul? Why does it make sense to you? Buddy? Well, because if they can figure out how to do this with no taxes. What's you know? Why not apply it to other particular strategies in your life? I can't wrap my head around how, <laughs> how something like this could be so obvious and everything else is so complicated. Yeah. Well, I guess we could go there. Yeah, it is, but I was just kind of making fun of it, yeah. the light of it. Well, but, so am I, in but, a sarcastic uh, <laughs> manner. <laughs> but that's 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 a pretty sad when you th- start thinking about it. You have to deal. You have to compete with drug dealers too. Yeah. You know, for your, your when that's your comparison, your yeah. bar of comparison, that that's not a great thing, is it? No. 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 Yeah. Anyway, I figured you guys would get a kick out of that little uh, little news item. Um, only in California. Only right? in California. Only the, in Cali- the left coast. We could probably just have in California news as a regular segment mm-hmm. on the show. That's it's funny to hear you say that because you know I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and we grew up with the saying "only in New York." Okay, but it was but it was just the opposite. It was always because it was super friendly. You know, just crazy things happen. You know, the first time I took my kids to a game in New York City. We went to Carmine's, which is a family-style Italian restaurant. And we're sitting there. My kids were real young. And there's a 
a huge, we had a big party. There's probably 12 of us. And there was a party next to us, probably eight guys, real big Italian men. And the food came over and my kids who were at the time, probably five and seven, and their eyes like popped out of their heads because a, a dish at Carmine's is like a sight to be seen. I mean, it'll feed like seven or eight people, one dish. One dish. Well, these waiters come over and they put like, 10 dishes down on this huge table with like a uh-huh. lazy soon in the middle. And my, my kids were like, dad, look at all of that food. <laughs> and, and the one guy sitting right next to us, he's on the other table. I'm on We're complete strangers. We don't even live there. And he looks out. He's like, he looks over at my kids. He's like, you want some? <laughs> and, and my son's like, he looks at me like, why is he talking to me? You know? And he's like, Hey Vinny, Put a plate together, you know, and then they, they're spinning the thing. And he, I mean, they put, I mean, they fed basically eight of us. And oh, they threw food awesome. over just out of the kindness of the heart because I see these little kids that are like, their eyes are so big as saucers because of all this food. The nicest guys in the world, complete strangers. I mean, they gave us an entire portion for all 12 of us to eat. Nice. Just, only in New York. And that's where I was coming from, like. You hear that in San Francisco might be a little bit different. A little bit different. Yeah, a little but in different. New York, it was like so amazing because of the kindness of these complete strangers. That's awesome. I love hearing stories like that that uh, restores your faith in humanity a little bit after mm-hmm. stories about uh, drug dealers right now. competing yeah. with yeah. Uh, you know business owners and that kind of thing. You know, we still need some good news. I think we over concentrated yeah. on the bad news. We need some more Paul Harvey. So I'm thinking Walter, that'd be a really good time slot for you to fill. You know, the noon to one time. With the good news um, that's ongoing in the world instead of the bad news. I like that. I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. we're going like to start that? doing that. Yeah. Let's start doing a yeah. good news segment on each yeah. show. I like yeah. that a lot. All right. Yeah, Very with good. Walter. Yeah, with Walter. With Walter. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can do it. I'll, I'll, I'll go into my news reporter voice next time as well <laughs> to help deliver the good news. How do you turn that voice off, Walter? Come on. Oh, it, it never goes off. Never, go, never goes away. I can just I can just amp it up even more, but we can uh, never we can I'm never picturing truly Connie say, "Stop it, Walter! Talk to me normal." Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a radio show, Walter. I'm uh, not a radio. Show. I can do a very annoying thing where um, I sing music lyrics, but in a broadcast voice, and <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. She disagrees. <laughs> so, in any event, uh, we'll save that for another show. Uh, if you have any questions as we go through our show today for Kevin or Paul and the team at Inside Folios, you can give a call to 888-885-PLAN, 888-885-PLAN. All right, guys, so let's talk about market volatility for a couple of minutes, because anytime we see turbulence in the market, which we've had a little bit of, whether you look at it on a short span of time over the last couple of weeks and months or over a little bit longer period of time of back to the beginning of the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff, uh, we see people react in different ways when these things happen. So for the next time we experience some market volatility, maybe we can learn some lessons from the conversation today. So I'm interested in what advice you would give to the people who have the following kinds of reactions during these rough periods in the market. All right, so first reaction, folks who are kind of prone to over-trading. They try to outsmart the market by constantly moving uh, money around from one investment to another. I guess we're kind of getting into the whole, uh, you know, just trying to just just time it right, moving stuff all over the place. Do you see that happen? We do from time to time. I don't think we see it much uh, on our end because we teach a different philosophy, but from when people come into our office and they're new, we'll see it from time to time because they're trying to pick that exact time to get in and get out. And as we know, Paul, that just doesn't work. You can't. If there was anybody out there that could do it, and there's been study upon study upon study, that says nobody can time the market, and it just doesn't work. That's why when we 
every week we talk about this, Walter, and I say investment is a long-term you know, proposition. That's the way you got to look at it. How many times have you seen this, Paul? Well, I would approach the conversation a little bit different. And I think why we don't see it is because we're – we're such big game planners. You know, if you think about the greatest coaches in the in the world in any sport, it's because they stick to their plan. You know, like they, they do their research before the game. They know their opponent and they know or they 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 try to figure out the game situations. Like in this situation, we're going to do that. In that situation, we're going to do this. And they make adjustments at halftime. And when we are planning for our clients, we kind of do that game plan. We're like, hey, if this happens, we're going to do that. They they know what's going to be dependable. They understand situations and how how they're going to act. So when you have a pandemic, when you have a the fastest drop in U.S. history, you know, and the fastest recovery in U.S. US history, history yeah. and you have all of these firsts and crazy things that happen, although we never really plan for something that bad, but when you go through that and you're like, hey, remember our plan? Let's just see how we said what we were going to do. And you're like, oh, if we just stick to the plan, we're going to be okay. And what had happened? There was no overtrading. There was a couple emotional moments. Sure. There was a couple of things where we're all like afraid our skin was going to melt if we walked outside. But through it all, we stuck to the plan. And I think that's the biggest problem with a lot of these reactions to market volatility is that there's no strategy, there's no plan. And it's just a, they go back to what you just said. Well, it's long-term. I wouldn't say it's long-term. I would say it's strategy. It's planning. You know, times are crazy. Times are fun. Times are bad. Times are stressful. But times are times. And if you don't have a plan to deal with that, you might find yourself making very bad decisions because you didn't plan. Because the emotions are getting in the way and it's overruling. Yeah. You have a long time. Right. But your investments might not. Right, right. Because sometimes you have to make adjustments. I mean, how many times you, you see the overpowered Goliath get beat up in a half of a game and then the coach makes, yeah. Why? Because, well, they came in with the wrong mentality. They had a bad attitude and they made adjustments. And sometimes you might buy an investment and go to long-term, but that's a short-term investment because you have to readjust and make some, make some decisions. And that's why planning comes with such high premise and everything that you do, because that dictates the outcome. And I think the other side of that too, um, is when you when you look at over trading, it's called turnover in the portfolio. So the turnover cost can eat you alive if you're doing it a lot. So let me give you an example. There was, you know, if you have a mutual fund, the average turnover cost is 100 percent, meaning that if they own 100 stocks and bonds and they're buying and selling them all at least once per year. So every time they, they sell, there's a charge. Every time they buy, there's a charge. So on top of the emotional side um, aspect of that there's also the cost of that and people don't tend to go into that cost too much either because the plan is what is the foundation of everything and we talk about that every week to the plan i imagine you also have um you guys correct me if i'm wrong but tax consequences as well to consider here like if you're doing a whole bunch of trading you might be creating taxable events depending on where that trading's happening um that's really situational based on the type of money i mean if you look at our entire client base I would say maybe 25% of it, that would apply because 75% is in Roth and IRAs and 401ks. So tax consequence discussions aren't at a premium because the lion's share of most of people's assets are in qualified accounts that no matter how many times you trade, it doesn't matter. But 25% of the time, it does matter. And this time of year, year end, is when you want to look at that and make strategic decisions. Should we capitalize Should on a take loss. That capital gain or, yeah, or tax harvest. Yeah. Or, yep. So there's yep. lots of discussions yep. to have, but that's really a timely end of the year discussion um, more than um, over trading or panic or anything like that. 
Perfect. All right. And so, yeah, that, and you mentioned it there, kind of that other reaction is panic. And I feel like that kind of got lumped into uh, the overtrading conversation where people are just, they panic whenever these market volatility situations happen. And that leads to some of these other reactions and symptoms. Now, not everybody uh, runs around like a chicken with their head cut off when <laughs> things go wrong in the market. There's a group of folks who might fit into the ostrich category, the head in the sand mentality, where they just try to block everything out, ignore everything. Maybe they don't even open statements because it's just all too stressful for them. Uh, do you see people fall victim to that? Is that so bad, I guess, if we're trying to preach so much to not overreact to things? Can there be such a thing as underreacting to these volatility situations? Sure. Um, I mean, I could have answered yes to everything you set up there <laughs> because, you know, if you have a good plan and a good planner, then I, I would never recommend having your head in the sand. But, you know, another way of talking about that is having a high level of trust. But if that high level of trust is not there, or there is, like you just said, some panic, the education is the most important thing for any investor and advisor like the highly highly educated advisor and highly educated investor are going to be prone to have less panic and to be prone to not want to have that syndrome of sticking their head in the sand or running around like their head cut off or worrying about overtrading or anything that we're going to talk about because of the education strategic plan things that we've been discussing but i mean at the end of the day i don't want to breeze over the the panic that we kind of lumped into overtrading panic is is a part of life no matter how good of a plan you have, how good of an advisor, how educated you are, there are always going to be times where you panic. Now, when panic turns into bad decisions is when you cross the line. But panicking is not bad. You know, having those those moments where you just are like, oh my gosh, I'm, I need a run or I need to take a drive or I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Those are like the come to Jesus meetings that you need to have with yourself sometimes where you need a reset. That's a personal thing, not necessarily a planning or an investing thing. Now the planning and investing might have gotten you there and you need to look at that. But I see panic as a, I know, a, an it's end a of a beginning. It's a trigger. It's a trigger. That's a good way of yeah. saying that. It's a trigger to lead you down some bad roads sometimes. Or, or a really good road. A really good road, right? Where, where God's saying, hey, yeah. wake up, dummy. Yeah. You know, I know you're worried about this. There's a bigger picture here. And there's time, to, there's reason to make decisions or reasons to make change, but let's get your health, let's get your situation, let's get your mental state under control so you can make wise decisions. Yeah, Great points, guys. And uh, again, as we're talking about these different reactions to market volatility, think about how you've reacted in the past when the market's gone up or down. What did you feel like during the coronavirus uh, situation when it first came to light? and the market was crashing. What did you do? How did you react? Did you have a game plan for what to do? You know, a lot of people that Paul and Kevin work with, now they might've been nervous just for the world because we hadn't been through such a pandemic kind of situation before, but they weren't as panicked about their money because they had a plan going through that situation. And so let that be a little bit of a trigger to you this time around as we don't know what will be the next thing that causes extreme market volatility, but we can have a plan or how to deal with it and react to it. If you have questions, you want to reach out, have a conversation, call 888-885-PLAN. That's 
7526. Set up a time to chat, get your questions answered, and maybe start the planning process if it's something you haven't truly engaged with before. Another reaction we see to market volatility, guys, we're talking with Kevin Ray and Paul Durso of Inside Folios here on the show today, extreme confidence. So there are those who will show like no signs of worry about the market because they know that in the long run, it always goes up. And so they're able to kind of just steamroll their way with confidence through any market volatility situation. Well, I think that comes back to, well, I I would categorize me as extreme confidence because I can't remember the last time I looked at my statement. When's the last time you looked at your statement, Paul? A statement in the mail? No, the statement of your investment accounts. I don't. Yeah, see, the, yeah. that's the thing oh, because we have a con- because we believe in what we do. You know, we're passionate about what we I do. I look at my value online. Yeah, but I don't really look at my statements. Yeah, I guess I, that's a bad way of asking. Yeah, so I don't. I don't look at it now, but when I get ready to pull income, I'll probably pay closer attention to well, it. Let me approach this from a different perspective. When I hear the hear the words extreme, extreme confidence. That scares me to death because if I'm in a listener's shoes and I'm out there and I'm listening to that and I hear this, I'm scared immediately. If you go see an advisor and I'm going to call our feet to the fire here, if you sit in front of a financial advisor and they're just cocky and I'm throwing that word in there on purpose and they're extremely confident in what they do, I'm a little intimidated or worried because pride comes before the fall and I want somebody who's going to be humble enough to know they don't know it all but confident in what they do. So let's make sure we're phrasing this the way that it makes sense to whoever's listening because we're not, I don't look at this in necessarily a good sense or a bad sense. I look at it both ways because I think extreme confidence can lead to failure and extreme confidence can lead to success depending on the person. Does that make sense? Kind of, yeah. I see where you're going with it. And I think the confidence comes from our end. I'm thinking from our end only. I'm not talking of what from, we do. Of what we do, yes. But that's not necessarily where yeah. everybody else is coming from. That's true, from. But, not, but from what we do, we, we have the confidence. You know, like we're humble. We like to teach. We like to educate. That's how we like to instill confidence in people when we put the plans together together to get them to and through retirement. So I don't think we come across as extreme confident, but I think we come across I'm just sensitive as, about it. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a guy who was very arrogant in my younger years. No. So when I hear something like this, it hits a it hits a chord inside of me because I was the guy that you couldn't talk to at, at, if you had a certain type of discussion because I knew it. Yep. Or well, if you saw me on a field or a court or a sport, I was going to take it to you because I was super confident in my ability. So now I'm like, I believe and I'm very confident in what I do, but not to the point where I won't listen or learn or feel like a client who has not been doing it their whole career somebody who's not educated in what we do can come in and still teach me something. And I know you're the same way. And I'm the only I'm digging in here is just because I'm super well, sensitive about yeah. it. Well, then on the other extreme, I was going to, for us as being confident in what we do, but then we do have occasionally we'll have people come into our office that they're not clients and you'll get that where they're so confident that Bitcoin, what do you want to do? Bitcoin is going to be the next thing I want to put. I want to go all in. Or they're going to tell you how to do your job. What's your yeah. response to those guys? I, we can't work together. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> See, that's just, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, <laughs> because while well, I'm talking two sides, just confidence from our side. Yeah. And then confidence from 
There's a healthy like, confidence yeah, yeah. and an unhealthy confidence. Yeah. Would you agree, Walter? I, I love it. I, I think that's a beautiful discussion you guys are having um, because I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from, not only in working with a financial professional that has that same sort of balance in confidence or overconfidence, uh, but also then from the personal standpoint and where can we still learn, where can we still see those opportunities in front of us. Um, I think it's a, it's a balance we all probably struggle to face. You don't want to walk around in life not being confident in yourself, but you don't want to be so closed off and confident that you can't learn from others. So Right, exactly. You can't learn from others. You have to be open. Let's say healthy. A healthy, healthy relationship. Extreme kills me, though. Yeah. That's what know. it is. I don't, I don't know if I can confidence. use the word extreme. A healthy confidence, yeah. I feel good But healthy extreme, confidence is good. I'm like, no yeah, way. I like that. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. So extreme confidence, that's where we need to pause a little bit. Let's dial it back to a healthy confidence in your plan. And I would say, you know, for anybody listening, like if if that word extreme is in your vocabulary of, of your confidence level in your investments, like that's probably a good time to, to reevaluate. You know, when you're that confident in something, you better make sure it's the right thing. Well, let, let's stress test it, right? Isn't that what yeah, you guys yeah. do? You, yes, you take somebody's yes. portfolio and you put it under stress and see exactly how it performs? So that's a good point because we have a gentleman come into our office here a few weeks ago and he said, I'm never going to have a long-term care issue. Never. Oh, I, but what if you do? So I stress tested right? and I put in, you need a hundred thousand dollars extra for three years. And to come to find out from that stress test, he wasn't anywhere near where he thought he was going to be. And it was a different conversation after that. So you have to do that stress test often. I don't know about you, but we, we do that often in our office oh, yeah. in Michigan and North Carolina. You do it also. Well, that's a great example of the probably extreme confidence right there, Kevin. So it doesn't right. always have to be extreme confidence in that the market's going to do well, but some other element of the portfolio or the plan of their retirement that then can throw a total curveball if you ended up missing well, an important the piece. The crazy thing is if you look at the market since, you know, the return, you know, just after the pandemic set in, the market's just gone straight up. It's been a yep. rocket ship. And I bet you if we took a poll of 100 people, 100 educated, uneducated investors, I bet you not even half of them would say it's going to continue to go up. I bet you more and more right now, everybody's nervous. Like, when's it going to pull back? You know, it's, it's going to go down. The media is really hyping that up right now. So everybody's on edge, I think, or most people are on edge. And that's, I think it's, you're right. It's, it's less than half that are confident the market's going up. Yeah. Well, you lead into the final point very nicely. And before we get there, again, if you have any questions for Kevin, Paul, and the Insight Folios team, feel free to reach out. You can meet with Kevin there in the Tri-City area office in Pinconning. 888-885-PLAN is the number to call. That's 888-885-PLAN. And that would be uh, the last point, market timing. So trying to pull money out, you get people that are getting nervous right now, whatever the emotion is, or they just think they can time it correctly. They hear all the fervor in the news and like, ah, maybe I pull everything out, sit in cash. So they're a little different than the overtrader. They're not going to try and jump in and out. They're just going to exit the market completely, let it crash, hop back in and ride the wave right on back up. I know you see a lot of people that kind of have at least the itch to do something like that, right? Well, we hear about it uh, quite often, you know, hey, do you think it's the time to get out of the market, get out of the market? What's going on with your own personal situation? There was a um, money manager, and we mentioned it a couple of times before, Walter, named um, Bill. He beat the S&P 500 15 years in a row, and that's what he was trying to do was market time. And for 15 years in a row, he was the number one um, mutual fund manager out there. He wasn't just a normal mutual fund manager. He was a legendary mutual fund manager, as quoted in the USA. And then for the next 10 years, on a scale of 1 to 100, he was number one on those 15 years, and the next year he was in the bottom, like 96, 97. Oh, wow. 
So it, you, you know what they call that? What's that? Return to the mean. Yes, return to the mean. Yes, because everybody's going to be average. Yeah, it's, it's like the basketball shooter that makes. Uh, you know, oh boy, I, I really sounded like I didn't know sports right there, didn't I? The basketball <laughs> <Yep>. shooter, <laughs> uh, the uh, the the player who makes ten straight shots, and you just get this idea that it's going to keep going, it's going to be keep going, and then they miss the next yep. seven, and it kind of returns them right back to the mean. Yep, exactly. Yep. In market timing, if we look at study after study after study, you know, it says that eighty-five there's active managers and there's passive managers. And 85% of the time, the active manager fails to beat the passive manager. And what's the difference? Active managers are trying to time the market, trying to get in and out in certain stocks at certain times and beat the S&P 500 if that's their benchmarks. But when you look back over history, they, they miss it 85% of the time. So if you go into the one of the casinos in Mount Pleasant or in, let's say, uh, Standish, and you have a casino, or I mean a slot machine on the left that pays out 15% of the time or a slot machine on the right that pays out 85% of the time, which one are you going to play? Hmm. Let me think about and that. And Walter, I'm asking you that math question. <laughs> oh, no. I was waiting for Paul. You, Paul's the guest. We've got to put him on the spot. 85%. 85%. I'd actually approach that, I mean, the same but a little bit different from the standpoint of if you're trying to time the market, how do you free your emotions from helping you? You can't. That's, another, the, that's yeah. a whole nother, whole I mean, nother ball. I've raised bags. three kids. My youngest is 10. My oldest is uh, turning 16 here. I'm a driver in the house. And, you know, as a parent, you know, it's, it's so important to raise your kids in a way that they can think for themselves. And the hardest thing to deal with is those raging hormones and making wise decisions that are detached for the most part from your decision or from your emotions, right? And I don't know how to do that from a market timing situation because we're so involved. It's our money. You know, if you've got, you know, $10,000 to your name or a million dollars to your name or 10 million, whatever you have in the market is what you have. I don't know how you can just be level-headed and be like, yeah, I'm just going to go in at this point and come out. I'm going to look at these indicators. When you go through crazy times, it's like, that's all I got. Right. I got I to gotta get out of the market and, and I just going back to my kids, I've never been excited to tell my kids, hey, just how do you feel? Let's just make decisions based on how you feel. It always goes the wrong way. It never goes the right yeah. way. <laughs> so here, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like if you're a market timer, you, you have to understand that your emotions are going to corrupt certain decisions because you're dealing, unless you're dealing with somebody else's money. I mean, who, who does that, right? right? We would never. No. Because I'm, I'm too, I wouldn't do it for myself. And we, we live by the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, I can't market time my own money. I mean, my, my, I have a bunch of cardinal rules for investing. And my number seven is never sell, only exchange. Because the way to make money is by investing in the market. So we don't ever get out. We're always passive. Now we're going to switch from investment to investment. Occasionally, but, yeah. But we're going to be in the market. Yep. Because that timing only applies when you get out. But if you're in all the time and the market always goes up, you will always make money. I shouldn't say always. Well, you probably if you look back money. in history, you've always made yeah. money over over time frame. Yeah. yeah, and that's why we keep talking long term. Uh, as long as we're in framing that in a long term context, that's that's where that applies, right? Right, so, right, right. But it, the compliance person in me is like, don't say always. <laughs> you know? And you know, people think that you know, hey, when you're 30 years old, you got a long term. But if you're 60. Mm-hmm. You know, you still got a long term in most cases. You know, you're going to live to 80, 85, 90 just, years. Just old. depends well, on when kids, you need that money, right? Yeah. But if you have kids, you might not even be worried about running out of money for yourself. But what about the legacy you're going to leave? Right. And ensuring your kids aren't going to run out of money or your grandkids or your great grandkids. I mean, we think in the context of the time that we have, 
but our money doesn't. And how do you plan for the generations behind you? Well, you have to take the Garth Brooks approach. What do we got here? But he was asked by Oprah. I remember that. You know, how much money do you have? So I have so much money that my grandkids, grandkids, grandkids couldn't spend it. Really? <laughs> yeah. So unless you're Garth Brooks, you need a plan. You need to sit down. <laughs> and you need to go through all these things to see if they're going to hurt your portfolio right, and long term and generate income and all the things that we're passionate about here at Insight Folios. And that's what we do day in and day out. And if that's you sitting out there and you're on the sideline thinking some of this makes sense, you know, you want to go forward in it, it's easy. Just pick up the phone, give us a call. The sensational Stacy will put you on the calendar. You come on in and we'll sit down for an hour and we'll go through this uh, over this um, planning that we do day in and day out. And we'll, we'll show you a good plan, easy plan. And it's called our Simplicity Tree Plan. So go from there. Again, call 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick note, and Sensational Stacy will follow up with you and get you on the calendar to chat with Kevin about your particular finances, your situation. It's really, I mean, I think the last uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes of our discussion here, guys, has been a pretty good representation of how your client meetings go. It's just all then in the context of that person's particulars. And so that's why it can be so helpful. It's just a chat about goals, what's important, how you approach money, uh, your vision for the future, and how can we execute all of these things to come out the way that you want it to? How can we do that and uh, you know account for future growth and protection and all those important elements? So if you'd like to have that kind of conversation with Kevin Ray, Paul Durso, the team at Inside Folios, reach out again by calling 888-885-PLAN. You can call now, 888 885 7526, and they'll be happy to meet with you. More coming up on today's show. Stay with us. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. No need to complicate it. This is Simply Financial. Thanks for joining us today on Simply Financial. Walter Storholt with Kevin Ray. Kevin is your financial coach at Insight Folios. We want to answer one of your questions, and you can submit a question to be featured on a future show by emailing Kevin, kevin at insightfolios.com. And just put the word mailbag in the subject line if you'd like it to be featured on the show. And we have a question here from Ted. Ted says, I'm extremely ready to retire. Extremely is in all caps, by the way. Uh, but I won't be old enough for Medicare for another 13 months. Should I just stick it out until then? Wow, Ted. Extremely uh, ready to retire. Extremely now, in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten this question, I bet you, five times in the last month or two. And the answer is, you don't know because you don't, I'm assuming you don't have a plan. But if it's for 13 months, you can pick up health insurance through the healthcare exchange, probably COBRA through your work, those types of things. The question is to you, can you afford to do it for 13 months? And how do you find that out? You sit down, you put that together, that income plan, and you go plan for that uh, 13 months of income. And getting ready to retire, Ted, if that's one of your main goals, I always tell people there is no tomorrow. So enjoy today while you can, and let's sit down. Let's sit down and talk about whether you can afford that 13 months and how it affects your income plan going forward. And if it is a big deal, we will tell you. And if it isn't a big deal, we'll tell you. But what's the worst case scenario for you if you come in and you sit down and you start going through that process? You have to work another 13 months. That's not such a bad deal. But the the best thing could be you can retire the next day. So let's sit down. Let's figure that out for you, and let's go forward. And don't guess. Let's know going into retirement. That's the amazing thing. When people start getting that close to retirement, they still sometimes are hesitant to come in and review their situation because yep. sometimes they're afraid of what the answer and the news is going to be. 
and then all of a sudden you actually go through the review, and more times than not, you get better news than you were expecting. People are often in a much better position than they think they are, and then all of a sudden it's just like, whoa, are you serious? Like, I could literally retire tomorrow? And just imagine how life-changing and empowering that can be when you know what your plan is. I know my dad has gone through that as he's planned for, uh, they finally, you know, got into retirement planning after assuming he'd never be able to retire. He's now got the date and he's counting it down by like the day. Yeah. I, I check in with him every once in a while and I'm like, how, how long? And he's like, uh, you know, two years, two months, 13 days and four <laughs> hours, you know, like he's got the countdown clock going. So once you got a plan and I can't tell you, it's over and it 90- feeds him. It, he's so yeah. pumped and it feeds him, yeah. you know, makes work more fun. You know, and then it's it's most of the time I'd say 90 plus percent of the time people are a lot better off than what they thought when they come in. So it's not nearly as bad as people think. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, there you have it. Hopefully that helps you out there. Ted, come in for a review, get your situation looked at in detail, and you can get those answers. That goes for anybody who has questions about their financial life, financial planning, retirement. Kevin can help answer all those questions and bring clarity to a situation that may have a lot of question marks around it and turn those questions into answers. Reach out by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick message. Kevin will be able to get back in touch with you and set up that time to visit. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. All right, more coming up on today's show. This is Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's program. This is Simply Financial, and every once in a while we take a little sidestep from the financial talk just to have a little fun, and I come up with random questions to throw at Kevin each week so we can get to learn a little bit more about him and just have some fun. Kevin, what was the last TV show that you binge-watched, something you you consumed episode after episode? Well, you know, what's the, what is it, Paramount puts on Yellowstone? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes, yes. Uh Yeah, yeah, with Kevin Costner in it. I imagine that you would have have done that. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of Kevin Costner, I'm floating down a river with a guy last week in Montana, and I jokingly said, have you seen Kevin Costner? Because that's what they're filming out there. And cut two weeks before, sure enough, he was floating down a river with a different guy from the same company. So um, he was he's a fly fisherman, too. That makes it all the better. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But I watched, and I heard all the hoopla about this, so then I started it. You know, I think it was on Netflix or wherever it was, and I binge-watched it until I caught up. So the Dutton clan and all the stuff that's going on there, it's kind of like a soap opera, but that's the last one I did. And, and um, now that I found out Kevin's a fly fisherman, and they fly fish in that show a little bit, too. I even like it yep. more, so. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of fly fishing in there. There's a lot of stuff based around the river, and uh, what's the first yep. season? It's a bunch of controversy about the direction of the river and things like that. So, yeah, yep. uh, it's got a lot of lot of neat stuff in it too. Honestly, you know, we were talking about vacations at the beginning of the show today. I'll be totally honest with you. That show is one of the reasons why we ended up going to Colorado. Oh. Um, because we we're, we kind of watched the scenery in the show and, and you know, kind of that, that big sky, western country feel and hadn't done it before. And that show got us really interested in going, going out there. So we didn't actually go to Yellowstone because we booked our trip way too late and there was like nowhere to stay. And I think Yellowstone just takes way too much planning probably to figure out. So we just, you know, went to Colorado and just sort of figured our way out as we went. But it still has that same sort of feel, I think. 
Yeah, it's it's gorgeous out there. You know, like you say, the big sky, the mountains. You know, you're used to the ninety degree heat. And now you're in fifty degree heat. And it you're was loving amazing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was loving it. Dry <laughs> compared to all the humidity. Oh, it was it was good stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah, uh, we definitely binge watched that show. Can't wait for the new season to come out later this year. It sounds like it's supposed to come out. So. Yep. That, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, the last show that we binge watched, though, was um, uh, Below Deck. <laughs> Below Deck Mediterranean, I think, actually, specifically. Um, I don't know if you've ever caught Apparently, they've had many seasons of it, and we caught an older season. And then we ended up watching like two or three seasons in a row where it just follows the, the crew on a, on a super yacht in the Mediterranean and just follows their journey of like trying to serve their high-end guests and that kind of thing. So. Is it a reality show? Yeah, it's like a reality oh. show, but it's all like, you know, at least according to the to the people, like it's all pretty legit. Like it's not a faked or staged kind of thing. I'm sure with editing, they're still able to th- make things look more dramatic than it really is, but... Never heard of it. to check it out. Yeah, they've, they've got a few different versions. There's like Below Deck Sailing Yacht, where it's a, it's a sail... Uh, just what it sounds like. The yacht is a sailing vessel, so it's a little bit different. And then there's Below Deck Mediterranean, which is in the Mediterranean. And then there's just, a, I think, the original Below Deck, which I don't know where those boats are. We watched the Mediterranean one. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty entertaining. It's pretty funny stuff. But we got kind of burned out on it. We binged a couple of seasons, and then we were like, all right, this is, it's all starting to feel the same, and we feel like we're really absorbing some trash TV here. So <laughs> <laughs> let's take a break from it. But we may, we may return at some point. I remember binge watching, and my good friend Bruce, who you know, and he tells me all these stories shows to watch but dexter i'm thinking the people that the writers of that show have to be real real twisted real, real twisted because how do you come up with all that yes stuff? yes is yeah. a great show but yeah. definitely twisted yeah very twisted yeah that's too funny well there you go some tv shows uh we've binge watched recently not all recent shows but still entertaining to uh check out every once in a while all right more coming up on today's show you're listening to simply financial we got to answer a few of your questions before you run off for the week coming up next what if we told you there was a simpler way to invest? Excellent. Well, that's what we thought. We're getting ready to wrap things up this week on Simply Financial, but before we do, I want to answer one of your questions, and this one comes to us from Jimmy. If you want to submit a question, by the way, you can email Kevin, kevin at insightfolios.com. Jimmy says, I don't like my 401k investment options, but my company says I'm not eligible to roll the money to an outside account. But I hear people talking all the time, including on your show, about rolling over your 401k to an IRA. So how does all that work? Well, Jimmy, that's a good question. And what you're talking about is something called an in-service withdrawal. And what that does, some companies, not all companies, and apparently your company doesn't allow it, allows you to roll basically part of your investment out into your own personal IRA for the exact reason you just stated. You don't like your 401k, you don't like the options that are in there, and you know there's this whole big world out there of different investments, different things that probably fit you better, and that's what we're talking about is in-service withdrawal. So your company sometimes will we'll get this. Most companies in our area you know, will we'll allow that depending on where you're working for. So maybe you wanna contact your HR department again and then ask them, can I do what's called an in-service withdrawal? Because more than once, more than twice, more than three times I can think of right now, that initially they were told no, but they can. So I can tell you for a fact, General Motors, Dow, and all those people, you know, allow you to do that. And most people, or most companies, I should say, are, are 
letting people do that now. So if you ask maybe a year or so ago, you want to you want to check again see if that's that's an option. And what it'll let you do is now you can you cannot roll out the employer's portion, but you can roll out a portion of what you put in there to your own traditional IRA and probably get it more aligned to what you're trying to do in getting ready for retirement. So I think you need to call HR again, Jimmy, and ask them, do you allow, you want to see if the plan has that verbiage in it. Do you allow for in-service withdrawal? And sometimes the first answer is going to be no, but a lot of times the second answer is once you ask that specific question, it's going to be yes, we do. And then you want to find out what conditions apply, how much money can I move? You know, it, there should be no tax consequences if you transfer trustee to trustee. And there's lots of more plans coming on board with us every year because 401k companies are, are pulling back on the amount of investments that they used to have to probably most times I'm seeing five or six investments other than the, you know, the 2030 plans, 2025 plans, those things. So check into it. And if you got other questions, give me a call. I'll be happy to help you. It's a great question. Thank you, Jimmy, for sending that one in to us. And again, if you have any questions for Kevin, want to talk about your specific financial planning situation, you can get a complimentary review by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526, or sign up online at insightfolios.com. That's insightfolios.com. Kevin, thanks for joining us on the program today, guiding us through all of these big questions and concerns, and we'll look forward to sparking up another great conversation next week. Have fun. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Kevin Ray. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll see you next time on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.